Welcome to On the Journey with Carissa and Friends, part of my journey of faith ministries. I'm Carissa Hardage, and I'm excited to have you join me each week as I chat with friends about the ups and downs of their journeys of faith. You'll become familiar with voices such as Shelley Chandler, Sarah Here, Rebecca Bean, and more. And you will also hear from stories of women who have experienced victories and struggles, but continue to trust God on their journeys. Hebrews 3.13 tells us to encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In other words, we were never meant to do life alone. So join us each week for a little bit of encouragement and for strategies to help each other navigate as we continue on the journey together. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me today for another On the Journey podcast. You may hear some things that are in the background that are a little different than our normal recordings, and that's because I am sitting here today with one of my favorite people in the world, uh, my husband, Matt Hardich. Say hi, babe. Hello. And we are sitting outside of our house in... The place where you probably are the most comfortable to record a podcast, and that's in a tree stand, a deer stand. (laughs) So if you hear bugs in the background, it's because we're sitting outside in our woods, basically, um, in a tree stand that you built with your own two hands. I did. I did actually milled the wood from some oak trees on our property. And I'm not a huge deer hunter, but I do like to hunt occasionally. So I built this stand with some of the leftover wood that I had milled up uh, at a sawmill. You sound like Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. (laughs) (laughs) Working with your wood, with the the milled wood from our land, which is actually pretty cool that this comes from our property. Yes. It's awesome. So I wanted to have Matt on here for a couple of reasons, because... Um, one of the things that God has been working on me as I'm going down this journey of faith, going through this journey of faith, is seeing Him all around me, not connecting with God just on a knowledge level. Because I think you would agree that I'm really good at connecting in my head. But I want to connect with God also in the world around me. I want it to be more of an experience and my relationship with God to be more of an experience and I'm not really what I would call somebody who's been connected to nature in the past um I'm not a nature oriented person even though I like being outside and I enjoy being in nature um it's something that I've always liked especially the ocean and water I love being around water of any kind But one of the prayers that I've had over the past probably two years has been for God to help me to see Him in nature. And that's something that has always been just a natural thing for you. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think so. You're very much a nature person. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk more about that. But first, I wanted to share with you a little bit about you listeners, um, some of Matt and I's story. We just celebrated our anniversary 
How many years have we been married? 17? Yeah. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Right. So we met when I was the ripe old age. Of 18. Of 18. Heck yes. I mean, hot mess, Carissa. I was so young. And you were 21, so you were old to me. Like, you knew all the ways of the world. Mm. You were a wise adult. <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> 21 is a child. It's, uh, there's a lot, definitely a lot of frontal lobe growth left to happen at 21 years old, that's for sure. Um, and so we met each other at UCA, and would you say we hit it off and that just automatically? Uh, absolutely. When we finally sat down and talked, absolutely, we clicked. Yeah. Talked all night. Yeah, I would say you've been one of my best friends, like, probably my very best friend of the world. I would say you're definitely know me. I think we talked about this when we went out to celebrate our anniversary. Um, there's nobody else in the whole world that knows me the way that you do. And I think that, you know, we, I want to share a little bit of some things that we view to be successes and things that we view to be struggles. But for me, the success Hands down, well, there's two, but one of the successes of our marriage is that we're best, like, we're friends. Absolutely. We're best friends, and we enjoy our time together. We enjoy spending time together. We enjoy conversations with each other. Um, And I would say that's one thing that's really helped our marriage stay successful. Yes, when we are not clicking, it's because we have not spent time together. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So through these past 17 years of marriage, and I'm just going to speak from a marriage perspective because I think that's when, you know, you, you make your commitment to be together. And, and in my, for me, there was, once that decision was made, there was no going back for me. And so I wanted to kind of share with Um, our listeners, our journey of faith, really, because we've kind of grown up together Mm -hmm. in our faith, especially me being 18. Mm -hmm. I've grown up just in general, but I think we've grown up together in our faith. And so when we first met and and when we were first married, um, I had grown up, as, as I've shared my story before, I grew up a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up, you know, preacher's daughter and Jesus and church and the Bible and Christianity was a part of my life that I didn't question. It was always there. It was always a part of my life and it was ingrained in me even though I rebelled, even though I I did my fair share of rebelling. Even in my rebellion, there was never a lack of faith in God or a love of Jesus or belief in Jesus, there was never, I never struggled in that area. I struggled if he loved me or not, and if I made him happy, and if he was pleased with me, and that's always, you know, that's been a lifelong struggle of mine, but my belief in Jesus has never been a struggle for me, and that has not been the case for you. And so when we first got married, you were, uh, why don't you tell kind of where you are, where you were in your life when we first met? Um... Well, I've always 
believed there was a creator. Mm-hmm. I, I, you were a biology major. I was a biology major, but I never questioned God. I just wrestled with Jesus. Who's mm-hmm. this Jesus person? And um, uh, I, I do love nature. I like being outdoors. I think you can just go outside and sit and feel the spirit mm-hmm. of God. And I, I don't know if that's why I'm so attracted to mm-hmm. being outside um, but there's just something about the wind and the smells and everything involved with being outside that I just I, I love. And I'm sure most people are, are similar in that fashion. But And you were able to see, connect a little bit with God. Mm, yes. Through that. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. so anyway, it, was, it really wasn't until probably 23, 24 years old that I really... Uh, embraced who Jesus was. There was kind what of was a, that like for you? What was that? Pro- I was there, but for our listeners, what was that process like for you? It was an analytical one, really, because I am with kind of my education. I'm so fact driven, mm-hmm. and I tell you what, uh, and I'm, I'm going blank on the author now. But there was a book, and it was a former former attorney who basically put the Old Testament on trial in regards to prophecy about Jesus. And, uh, Is that the case, the evidence for Christianity? Is that... We'll, we'll put it in the notes. I'll find it and put it in the notes. Yeah, so, so anyway, so I went through, from an analytical perspective, just all the prophecies that foretold the coming of Christ mm-hmm. and the chances of all those prophecies actually occurring. And it was astounding. And so, so I have this, so I had this, I, I know there's a God, I know there's a uh-huh. creator, this is too amazing. Um, I, I had that. And then from an analytical perspective, I, I looked at Jesus and it just the Holy Spirit, you know, brought me in. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that for me, that was kind of scary because... I, my, my fear during that time, because we both were being, strangely, were being bought, brought back into, I was being brought back into the fold by the Holy Spirit, and you were being drawn in by the Holy Spirit. And that was such a season of our lives where God was working on both of us individually and also together as a couple. And I think for me, my fear at that time was that you were going to that you were going to not agree with it, you know, that you weren't going to accept Christ and that I was going to have to wrestle with the idea of having a husband that wasn't a believer. And I knew the work that God had started stirring in me. I did not know the extent at at all. Could not have even dreamed about the extent of what he was going to do in my life since then. But I knew that he was doing something and it was not anything that he had ever done before. Um, and this was probably, what, two years into our marriage yeah. that this was going on. And so what would you say to women? Because, you know, there's a, we have friends and there's a lot of women out there who are just strong believers, but their husbands aren't. And they're praying for them regularly. And I know for us, if I tried to, um, and we, we're even going through some of this now as we're raising kids and mm-hmm. trying to help them. Uh, grow in their faith and understand their faith and choose their faith. What would you say to those wives who are in this situation that we were in? Um, you know, 
what would you recommend for their role to be in that sort of relationship with their husband? Gentle persistence, mm. I think. Um, you know, obviously you got to pray for them. That's a given. But um, just being persistent. I don't, but not forceful. Where do you think their modeling comes in? Um, I know God, the Bible says um, in Peter that, either Peter or Corinthians, I always get those, this verse mixed up, but that the way that they love their husbands in Jesus, the way they love them, is their best witness, basically. Um, do you agree with that? Do you think that if they love them well and, you know, honor them and do all those things that they're called to do, pray for them, those kind of things that I think we tend to want to browbeat somebody into believing. I know I struggle with that with our kids because of fear. I want to browbeat them into believing. Yeah, we had this conversation with them today. Do you think that that's a a negative for for people bre- bre- not don't panic brow, basically brow don't panic beating, yeah. holier than thou yeah. that, pointing out mistakes yeah, I mean step out of the a Christian perspective just about anything someone's into you know being forced to do something you're kind of uncomfortable with or what you don't know I mean of course I, I grew up a, a Christian I just struggle with this so if anyone tried to force me into the, the process I had to go through, um, I, I, that, I would get agitated with mm-hmm. them, and I would be upset with them, and it would be, you know, because the, the relationship between a person and God is a relationship between a person and God, yeah. and they have to make that connection through the Holy Spirit, and so I, I just, that that's why I say gentle, mm-hmm. persistence, and you know, when I say persistence, I, I don't want it to come across as a like nagging, a, a pushing. Right? That's why I say yeah. it's a gentle. The persistence is on the part of the the other person. Just stay true. Do do you know? Keep going to church. Keep yes, studying your yes, Bible. You know, keep bringing it up to talk about asking questions, things like that. Yes. The the, the reason that I would say the reason that a husband falls in love with the woman he marries is because he falls in love with the individual and the individual's thought. I mean, you buy into everything. You you fall in love with everything, the thoughts, the emotions. Mm -hmm. And so let's say there's a female that was not spiritual Mm -hmm. and you get married and all of a sudden she becomes spiritual. And if, you know, if she tries to push that on, on the, on the man, and that's what you see a lot. Um, if she tries to push that on the man, that's that's kind of stepping out of that individual role, I, I would say, it, it, as far as some of that love process. I don't know if I'm yeah. kind of making yeah. that description up. No, I think that's so true, and you're right. That is what happens a lot of times is somebody encounters Jesus, and when you encounter Jesus, it is exciting. It is so exciting. And you want that for everybody around you, right? You want that for your whole family. And there's a way to share that without nagging somebody into doing something just to get you to leave them alone. 
that's not real relationship with Christ. And I love what you said about the process that we, I think that I have learned by watching you, by watching other people come to know Christ, um, by watching myself as I've changed and grown and kind of taken over my own faith as opposed to the faith that I was raised with. That's why my journey or on the journey has been so significant for me is because it is such a, we have to honor the process. Yeah, I, I will, I, I might get in trouble saying this, but, um, you know, what's attractive in people is love. Mm-hmm. When they are, you know, hey, I love Jesus. I love people. I love, I love this process. This, it's, What's a turnoff to guys is when they, uh, you know, they become more spiritual than you, and all of a sudden, it's all about you can't do this, you can't do that. That's you have to become a, a different person. It's a, rule, to be with it's a rules thing yeah. instead of a love thing. Yeah. Just love Jesus. Yeah. Be be you. Um, you know, it's it's when you start beating them up with your Bible, it's going to push them away. Yeah. And you yeah. didn't do that. You you absolutely did not do that. You just love me, love people, and that's that's contagious. Well, and at that point, the reason why I say we grew together is because I had been so beaten up by my Bible that I just wanted Jesus and nothing else. Yeah. And I didn't want to beat anybody else up because I just wanted Jesus and nothing else. And I already had come from a place where I was had lived in fear of the wrath of God. And I had been, you know, I had experienced being beat up by my Bible. And that's the last thing that I would have wanted to do to anybody else. And I was a child, especially like when it came to my faith. I just was such a child at that point of, of having faith that was my own. So after you became, we've, we've gone through ups and downs for sure, just in dating and things like that. But even in our marriage, we faced our fair share of challenges. Um, what do you think are some of the hardest things that we have faced together? And where have you seen God in them? Well, just, just, and we talked about this just a second ago. The hardest parts of our relationship is when we've been distant, mm-hmm. like most relationships, but really it, it, it directly coincides with time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, ironically, when our son was sick and we thought yeah. he could die, that that was not a bad time in our relationship per se. It was a hard time, one of the hardest Scary. times of my life. Yeah. But our relationship was solid. Um, really, the times when we did the worse was when when we weren't communicating when yeah. when we didn't spend time together yeah i think too moving comes to mind for some of the most challenging times of our relationship because those transitions and times of high stress we tend to go revert back to unhealthy habits that we've learned over our lives and and um we don't always function in the best, most healthiest ways. And I think that, you know, we've moved five times, significant moves since we've been married. Five times. That's a lot of times. Um, that's not to mention just from house to house. That's like from city to city. And each one of those, even though they've been hard, I feel like each one of those moves have helped, even though 
initially they were tough. Mm-hmm. There were two that I think of that were the most challenging. One was challenging for you, and the other was moving to Jonesboro was challenging for you, and then mm-hmm. moving to Benton was challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that what's so cool is that um, Richard Rohr is an author that I love so much, and he says that anytime you go through something in life, when you're, if you're going to become healthier from an experience and grow closer to God from an experience and become more self-aware, you have to go through it to get to the other side. And you can't avoid it and you can't go around it. You have to actually go through it head on to get to the other side. And I think we do that. And it's ugly when we do that. And it's messy when we do that. And it's a process when we do that. But I think eventually we always do that. And so when we've moved, usually we go through a few months of just struggle, just hard. Mm -hmm. And then we have to sit down and say, we're distant. We're not spending as much time together. We're not making each other a priority. We need to go through this to get to the other side. What does this look like for us? And I think for me, each time and each place we've gone has knitted us together in different ways to be stronger. Yeah. So it's interesting how God will isolate you, isolate you for a season to bring you back to Him for a season. Yes. To take you to other people for a season, friends, yeah. social situations. Um, just just fascinating how that works. I agree. And I also love that you are, hands down, my biggest cheerleader. And so I feel safe. And I think this goes into why we're such great. It's over there on the, on the tree. There, there's a wasp. We're, we're being hovering. confronted by a wasp, a red wasp. And Matt has so, a, an allergy to red wasps. So sorry, y'all. Um, I will say that you have always been my biggest supporter and my biggest cheerleader. And so what's cool about that is that I don't ever have to feel afraid to come to you and say, oh, this is what I feel like God has put in my heart. I think I need to try to do this. What do you think about this? me trying out this? I mean, I don't know of a lot of people who would say, hey, yeah, I'll agree with you going to seminary at, you know, 35 years old. Sure, I'll I'll back you up on that. But I think that even if you haven't agreed with everything I've brought to you, you have allowed me to dream, mm-hmm. and then you've dreamed with me, too. Um, I think that's it's so important for a marriage success, that you have to give each other room. You kind of have to be each other's biggest cheerleader. Even if you don't always agree with what they're doing, you know the heart behind it, and you have to be able to cheer them on because we're all going to be our own worst enemies anyway. You know, we're all going to be our own hardest on ourselves. And I think that that's something that you've done exceptionally well. Well, thank you. Exceptionally well. I love you too. So what do you think are some of our biggest successes through this whole 17 years? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, everyone's going to give the canned our children... I don't know. Um, I don't feel super successful right now. Like, we have middle schoolers. They're alive. We have middle schoolers, so. Yeah, they're alive, and they can, like, brush their own teeth occasionally. Right. Um, And uh, our middle son, Elijah, will eventually comb his hair without prompting (laughs) and eventually bathe himself without prompting, which would be nice, since he's almost 13 to 12. Yeah. Or, Or almost 12. Yeah. Yeah, so um, our big biggest success 
I just think, hey, I think I'm 42 years old. The fact that we are still married in this society is a big green check mark. I think uh, the fact we have three healthy kids is a big green check mark. I think the fact that we have a home, um, granted it's not paid for, but we have a home and we have um, we have a little bit of community. We, I know yeah. we're, we're, we're moving on that. We're going to start a small group in the fall. Um, I think we're doing good. I, you know, it's hard to define one particular success because we're just so blessed. What successes do you think we've had in our relationship? Mm-hmm. I think that we fight to do the to do better. You know. Um, yeah. Could you further we've done ca- well. We've done counseling for communication. Sure. Um, we ask each other hard questions. We push each other to be the healthiest versions of ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Without um, being without browbeating each other. Right. We we. We want to be the best version of us that we can be, I think. We fail, but we try often, really I hard. Often, yes. I think we're both in it to win it. Yeah, yeah, man. So what do you think is, if you could say one thing to those out there who are just getting married, who are maybe in marriage and they just are not... They don't have a lot of hope right now, or maybe they're at a lull where they're not feeling super passionate, or, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of... I know marriage, sometimes just the daily grind of it can be mm-hmm. discouraging. Mm-hmm. What would you say to encourage those people out there? And just don't be critical of each other. Love on each other. Um, accept faults. Show... show Show your spouse that you love people. I think that is such a big deal. Yeah, that's um, good. You know, um, that's good. Yeah, serve each other. Serve each other. Don't be selfish. Try to consider. Don't con- don't think the worst first. Don't think the worst first. That's hard to do. And then try to consider the other before yourself mm-hmm. as best you can. Mm-hmm. You'd be so good. And coffee, husbands, coffee in the morning is <laughs> never going to hurt you. Matt yeah. brings me coffee in the mornings, and it's like the best. Yep. My kids, we love Moana. And at the end of Moana, there's a part where the statue, the volcano, there's a volcano lady. Mm-hmm. Who's growling and crawling to Moana? That is my wife. And in the they morning. say that's me in the morning. So I, I don't know. Is that is that secretly your way to not have? Oh, and the co- I get it. In the coffee is the stone that she places, <laughs> and it's like ah, we digress. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, serve each <laughs> other. It's it's all it, it. If we can just not be selfish, I think that all of our relationships would benefit don't you agree Mm -hmm. I agree too well my darling happy anniversary and I'm glad that we've been married for 17 years yes we're lucky into 17 more into 17 after that we're lucky we are we're blessed we're blessed 
So we're going to wrap up this episode of On the Journey with Carissa and my friend, Matt. And he's going to come back with me next week. And we're going to talk about nature and how awesome um, it is to experience God in nature and what that's been like for him. And what I've discovered is I've kind of started on this new venture that has been inspired by my amazing husband and watching him connect with God in such a, a experiential level. So thank you, babe. And as always, we've already mentioned it, but be sure to encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Um, we need it. We need to love each other better and be less selfish in the meantime, right? Okay, thanks for joining me, and please come back next time.